Hello and welcome back to the Bible Companion series with P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Exodus chapter 28, verses 1 through 5, Priests Chosen and Priestly Garments to be Made. Now that the instructions for making the tabernacle and its furnishings are done, God tells Moses, Have Aaron your brother brought to you from among the Israelites, along with his sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, so they may serve me as priests. God says three times that they may serve me as priests. This stresses the importance of this role in Israel. Up to this point in time, the father of the family usually served as the priest. Examples are Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Job, etc. Then young men who were consecrated as firstborn, Exodus 24, 8. Now the priests will come only from the tribe of Levi and specifically uh, from the line of Aaron. This would continue until the gospel dispensation. These men were appointed. They did not choose this position for themselves. He is instructed, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Sacred refers to being set apart for holy purposes or sanctified. These garments were made for dignity and honor, to exalt the office of the priest, who would function as an intermediary between God and man. These clothes would separate the priests from the people. God says, tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration, so he may serve me as priest. This is the first time God mentions that certain people would be especially empowered by him to fashion these items. These are the garments they are to make, a breastpiece, an ephod, a robe, a woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons, so they may serve me as priests. Have them use gold and purple, blue and scarlet yarn, and fine linen. We will look at each of these individually, but they are all filled with rich spiritual imagery. Verses 6 through 14, the ephod. One of the priestly garments was the ephod, a long vest that covered the linen robe, tunic, and undergarments. It covered the front and back of the priest. It was to be made of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. It was to have two shoulder pieces attached to two of its corners so it could be fastened. The ephod later became representative of all the priestly garments. Then they were to take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel in the order of their birth, six names on one stone and the remaining six on the other, the way a gem cutter engraves a seal. Then they were to mount the stones in gold filigree settings and fasten them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. Aaron was to bear the names on his shoulders as a memorial before the Lord. Then they were to make gold filigree settings and two braided chains of pure gold like a rope and attach the chains to the settings. The purpose of this symbolic gesture was that whenever Aaron entered the tabernacle, he carried with him the names of the twelve tribes. In that way, they appeared before God too. Verses 15 through 30, the breastpiece and Urim and Thummim. The garments were not just for the purpose of dignity and honor, 
nor even to set the priests apart from the laypersons. They were also functional, a means of discerning the will of God. After Moses, it would be an extremely rare occurrence for God to speak to people directly. We're told the breastpiece was for making decisions. It was a strip of fabric, twice as long as it was wide, folded back on itself to form a square bag into which the Urim and Thummim were placed. It was made of the same colours as the ephod and hung on the high priest's chest by chains of gold fashioned as a rope and attached to gold rings on the corners, which would then be attached to the shoulder pieces and waistband of the ephod at the front. It was important that it be secure and not swing out from the ephod. It also had four rows of precious stones mounted on it, three different stones per row. The stones were carne carnelian, chrysolite, beryl, turquoise, lapis lazuli, emerald, jacinth, agate, and amethyst, topaz, onyx, and jasper. They were to mount them in gold filigree settings. They, there were to be 12 stones, one for each of the names of the sons of Israel, each engraved with the name of one of the 12 tribes. According to the Jewish historian Josephus, the names of the six eldest sons were on the right shoulder and the six youngest on the left shoulder. Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastpiece of decision as a continuing memorial before the Lord. Also, put the Urim and the Thummim in the breastpiece so they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. The connection here is between the names of the twelve tribes uh, with making decisions because he would be asking God for direction on their behalf. The Urim and Thummim are not described and have been the source of much speculation. Therefore, any guesses are just that. The words mean lights and perfections. What we do know is that they are two distinct objects and they are small enough to fit into the breastpiece over the high priest's heart. Their purpose was to give a verdict, decision or answer to a question asked of God. How they operated we do not know. They represented the right of the high priest to request guidance from God on behalf of someone who was not authorized to approach God in the same way. An example is David in 1 Samuel 30, verse 7 and 8. Um, the, they received uh, specific instruction and it seemed to be more detailed than a simple yes or no answer. At times, God refused to answer. There is no record of this method being used to discover God's will after the time of David and the ministry of the prophets. Verses 31 to 43, Other Priestly Garments Beneath the ephod and breastpiece, the priests would wear a robe made entirely of blue cloth. It had an opening for the head in the center with a woven edge collar so it would not tear. Along the hem of the robe, they were to make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, alternating with gold bells. The pomegranates may have reminded them of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, or simply the word of God as sweet and pleasant food. The pomegranates were embroidered or woven images, but the bells were real bells. Aaron was to wear it when he ministered, 
so the sound of the bells would be heard when he entered and exited the holy place, so he would not die. The people would hear them and know God had not struck him dead. Aaron was to wear a linen turban on his head. Fastened to the front of his forehead with a blue cord was a plate of gold. Engraved on it were the words, Holy to the Lord. By wearing this, he was acknowledging the inadequacy of their gifts. He would bear their guilt so that they would be acceptable to the Lord. Beneath the robe was a tunic woven of fine linen with an embroidered sash. Similar clothing of tunics, undergarments, sashes, and hats were to be made for Aaron's sons, except for the elaborate ephod, breastpiece, and gold plate, which were only for the high priest. The other priests wore a plain linen ephod. They were to be dressed by Moses, then anointed and ordained. This would consecrate or set them apart as priests. Finally, they were to wear linen undergarments from the waist to the thigh. They were to be worn whenever they entered the tent or, or of meeting or approached the altar to minister in the holy place so that they would not incur guilt and die. This was to be a lasting ordinance. So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or the Gospels do we find in this chapter? Aaron and his sons were appointed as priests. They did not choose this role for themselves. Hebrews 5, 1-10 tells us this. Jesus Christ was appointed by God as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, not Aaron. God empowered skilled workers with wisdom for the task. He still equips those he sends and sends those whom he equips. The priestly garments were chosen for dignity and honor. Jesus will have limitless dignity and honor. The priestly garments represented the righteousness of God. He could not approach God without them. We cannot approach God without being clothed in the righteous robes of Christ. The ephod was of one piece with no seams. Jesus' garment was also of one piece with no seams. The breastpiece and onyx stones on the shoulders of the ephod worn by the priest contained the names of the twelve tribes. They were on his shoulders and his heart, representing his power and his love. So whenever Aaron entered the tabernacle, he carried them in with him. This showed how precious his people were to him, no matter how small and insignificant they were. When Jesus was on earth, he prayed for his disciples and those who would believe through them, including us. As a, high, as a permanent high priest, he continues to intercede for us. Aaron's robe had bells to let the people know he was still alive. God had accepted the sacrifice. Jesus doesn't need bells. We know his sacrifice was accepted because God raised him from the dead. There would be a certain amount of fear, knowing he deserved death and could die. This would be especially clear when two of his sons died in the commission of their priestly duties. We should also recognize we deserve death, but we are accepted because of Christ. Aaron bore the guilt of the people because their sacrifices were imperfect. The basis of this was holiness. Jesus bore our guilt, becoming our surety, accepting the punishment for our guilt. He could do this because he was a sinless sacrifice. The people were only acceptable to God because of the work of the high priest. We are only acceptable to God because of the work of Christ. The golden plate on Aaron's head said, Holiness to the Lord. 
This was prominent on his forehead and engraved, not written. Jesus was holy and sinless. Our faith and holiness needs to be evident and deep and lasting. The Urim and Thummim were the means of discerning the will of God in a particular situation during that time. He had to be approached through the high priest. Now we can approach God directly because of Jesus' work on the cross, who opened the curtains so we are no longer separated from him. God spoke in various ways in the past, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Exodus chapter 29. May God bless the study of his word.